0: What's going on everybody? This is your boy Marion with Intuitive Minds Podcast. Welcome to another episode. And today's guest we have uh executive producer of Godfather of Harlem, Marquan Smith. How you doing, man?
1: I'm good. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for being a part of this. So how's your day going so far? Hanging in there?
1: Oh uh, everything is good. I mean I'm in New York right now. Because, uh you know, it's not the weather like LA has right now, mm-hmm. but uh Yeah. Just be happy to be alive and healthy for real during these uh crazy times.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, safe back and forth. I'm taking one step at a time, a vaccine rolling out and everything. So, which is a good thing. So we'll see, we'll see if everybody can, and then spring break is coming around the corner. So all these kids are like-
1: There's a lot of big things happening, man. Spring break, uh, Disneyland opening back up, Disney World opening back up. You know, hopefully everybody uh stays masked up and uh still, uh you know, uh, does the social distancing and things of that nature because yeah. it's a real disease out here. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that I know that lost their lives behind it as well.
0: Mm-hmm. So who is on Smith and where is he from? Give us your backstory, your, you know, growing up and everything.
1: Well, um, you know, Marcon Smith. Who am I? I
2: I'm
1: a kid, uh, a kid that, uh, you know, raised in Harlem, grew up in Far mm-hmm. Rockaway, Queens. Someone who always had dreams um never believed in a plan b always believed in a plan a um I started my career in the entertainment industry i think back in nineteen eighty seven
2: mm-hmm.
1: with my older brother, my older brother is a, a rap artist by the name of father m
2: mm-hmm.
1: c he was signed to uptown records and he kind of gave me the initiative and the uh the uh you know the 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 push. To go out there and uh, just uh, go after your dreams. I mean, he took me around the world, you know, multiple times, traveling, being on tour, just escaping a neighborhood Mm -hmm. that um normally a lot of individuals my age couldn't escape. Mm -hmm. You know, I grew up in a place called Far Rockaway, Queens, and um it definitely was a uh, urban inner city community that was really at the edge of Queens. If anybody knows about New York City. Yep. is right, the last stop on the a train mm-hmm. and, you know when i grew up there was nothing but a, a bunch of housing projects a bunch of housing projects brings a bunch of tension a bunch of tension brings up a, a bunch of violence so being able to escape that and not being uh incarcerated or um or dead man uh is a blessing
0: if you obviously when you fly over to New York into New York, the first neighborhood you see is Far Rockaway because j f k is right there. That's your introduction. It's crazy.
1: I remember sitting on my mother's porch and just you know just watching uh the big jets and planes just fly out of j f k and just wanting to get on one of those and just fly away and just get out of here, you know and just be able to just have a change of scenery mm-hmm. and you know. By the grace of God, I was blessed when my brother got signed to Uptown Records. And um, I think his first tour was with uh, Tony, 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 Candyman yeah. group, High Five, Second to None. And I was able to get on a tour bus. And if you have never got an opportunity to ride on a tour bus, it's, it, it's it's to me, it was so serene just being able to see the country side just pass you, just, just sit by a window and just... You know, and, and just observe and 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 watch, you know, watch your surroundings. It was it's a beautiful experience. And um, and when I was on the road, I met some wonderful folks. Uh, mm-hmm. one of my good friends was Tupac Shakur, cause I was a roadie for my brother. And everybody that doesn't know what a roadie is, a roadie is someone who does the grunt work, mm-hmm. make sure that the uh, the bags are off the bus, make sure the uh, the stage props are off, you know. We were the first one off the bus and the last one back on. And um, myself, I was a roadie. Uh, Pac was a roadie for Digital Underground. Treacher was mm-hmm. a roadie for Latifah. So you know, we were just kids with big dreams, been trying to get to big places. And um, yeah, it was a, it was a great experience.
0: Mm-hmm. And now uh, you mentioned You were you <laughs> also had an experience in Harlem as well. And I want to talk to you a little bit. What was what was it like? living in that at that time because harlem has different 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 it has its own history you know what i mean there's the harlem renaissance and there's the whole situation with the whole drug um, situation the um, well, and all of that situation so give us a little bit of breakdown on the harlem that you remember growing up
1: harlem right well if you're from new york city we have five boroughs mm-hmm. right and every borough is noted for their own style, you know, mm-hmm. Brooklyn is a little more grimier. Queens is, has a mixture of, uh, the grime in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. And you know, then you have, uh, you have uh Staten Island, you have Manhattan and Harlem yeah. is just the place where it was the epicenter of fashion. Mm-hmm. Everyone wanted to go uptown, whether he was a prince, a princess, uh, yeah. Uh, a dictator like uh, Fidel Castro in the mm-hmm. 60s. Everyone wanted to come up there. And, Har- you know, Harlem was a place where fashion started. And then you brought it to the other boroughs. So um, living in the outer borough in Queens, I always wanted to, you know, just to go back to Manhattan where I came from and just see the fashion and the style and bring it back to Queens. So, yeah, man, Harlem was just a whole different it was a whole different uh, beast, you know, mm-hmm. you know, chicken and waffles, or, you know, mm-hmm. going to woolly burgers and getting the best cheeseburgers, and turkey burgers that yeah, they were, you know, going to Pan Pans and having your fried uh, catfish or going to Famous and getting some fried whiting. You know, I used mm-hmm. to hear magical stories about Harlem and how Bumpy Johnson came to play was um, I used to go up to Lenox Terrace and there was a lady by the name of margaret johnson who was my godmother and margaret used to tell me these magical things about harlem in the 60s she used to tell me how she used to come outside and smell fresh laundry hanging out a tenement window or walk past 125th street and see james brown's name on a marquee or happen to stroll by sugar ray robinson's barbershop you look inside and that cola's getting a haircut you know you know wells wells chicken and waffles had the best chicken and waffles they were you know harland was a magical place but it was also a place where you know african americans who migrated from the south whether it was alabama north carolina yeah. south carolina Florida, mm-hmm. georgia etc they would you know they thought they were escaping bull south but they came up here and it was still civil unrest it was still civil injustice, everything was happening. I mean, Mm -hmm. the stories used to tell me, you know, you couldn't go in a store and purchase a a, a hat from a hat store without the uh, owner saying, you know what, I need you to put a shower cap on your head. Exactly, I don't want the hat to touch your head. Mm -hmm. Or an African-American family couldn't get a steak dinner because they were black. So everybody else, all the other patrons is eating inside, and they're standing outside having to take takeout. So Harlem was bittersweet. But she also used to tell me about her grandfather who raised her like she was his daughter. And his name was Ellsworth Raymond Johnson. Mm -hmm. And he was from Charleston, South Carolina. He was a Geechee. Geechee Gullah from uh, the coast of Charleston, South Carolina. And the the Bumpy came up to uh, New York City to become an attorney. You know, he wanted to get money. like everybody else. Mm-hmm. But when he tried to apply for uh, financial aid at City College, the bursar said, We don't give colored folks financial aid. Mm-hmm. And he looked at the bursar and said, You're going to regret saying that. And he turned to a life of crime.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Bumpy was the only African American that was able to sit down with Maya Lansky yep. or Buck Siegel mm-hmm. or Frank Costello or Lucky Luciano. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys were individuals that uh were mob bosses. They were from Pleasant Avenue. Yep. And, um it was it was something that the mob didn't look at him as a savage. They looked at him as a smart colored person. Mm-hmm. And even the uh even the uh the uh, warden in Alcatraz said he was one of the most uh he had he was he had the highest IQ for a color person mm-hmm. he ever came across, yeah. and Bump was known all over. I mean, he graduated from Sing Sing and Denimara and did his time in the Alcatraz. And Alcatraz, to get there, you had to be the worst of the worst.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: And um, it was also urban legends that he beat Bobby Fischer in chess. Mm-hmm. He read Shakespeare. He read Nietzsche. He was a he was someone that believed in helping our race but he was also a dope dealer he was also Mm -hmm. a pimp and a numbers runner so you can't have one foot in and one foot out Mm -hmm. so um he was harlem's hope you know they said when bumpy died harlem died
0: yeah it's crazy i mean harlem like i said harlem has a rich rich history whether it's from jazz clubs like like cotton club whether it's you name it, you know what I mean. It's got a rich, rich history. But most of the people were always related to like the the kingpins that it bred. Which, in my opinion, it's like, well, had 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 they not been in those circumstances, they would have def- Bumpy Johnson would have definitely been a great lawyer, or you know what I mean. All of these characters, they had some type of talent in them. It's just the circumstances around them, kind of just they were forced to become drug dealers, like Alpo and, you know what I mean, like AZ. And like-
1: in, in in any urban community, when a person has nothing and has to create something yeah. out of nothing, he has to turn lemonade out of lemons. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not just in the African-American community. It happened in Pleasant Ave. Pleasant mm-hmm. Ave is right on the east side of Harlem. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, you have Fat Tony that was down there. You mm-hmm. know, Vinny the Chin was down In uh, Greenwich Village, you have immigrants coming to this country trying to get their piece of the American pie, you know? And unfortunately, you know, the United States of America is supposed to be the country that you can get, you can fulfill all your dreams. But as we saw on January 6th, it's really a country divided. It's really Mm -hmm. about the haves and the have nots. So Mm -hmm. the, the casteism, you know, system, and people are going to do whatever they need to do to make it happen not saying that's the right thing you could have took a million kids to great adventure and bought dozens of book bags back to school and nice. gave out turkeys mm-hmm. during thanksgiving and christmas you still poison the community you feel mm-hmm. what i'm saying so mm-hmm. a lot of individuals kind of try to glorify these characters but you have to find the balance in the character to be able to tell exactly. the story
0: mm-hmm. and their background and where they came from i mean you got to remember this. this new york city alone half of those skyscrapers were built on mob money you know what i mean because they own the concrete that they own the concrete and then obviously you go all the way back to the kennedys and you know how they started and all of that and then now there's all these yeah absolutely Mm
1: -hmm. Mm mm-hmm
0: so then but and then because i I, again like i told you before the podcast, i'm infatuated with stuff like this to where I know why gangs in America were started. It was started because so many different immigrants were coming in, but they were all sharing the same neighborhood, different cultures. At one point, some cultures were like, all right, this is our neighborhood and we're going to protect it. How do we protect it? By creating gangs, you know what I mean? And protecting our own. So, sort of like the mafia policing during the World War One during that era, policing the, the neighborhood, you know what I mean?
1: A lot of times people... Use that excuse as I'm policing the neighborhood, I'm keeping a neighborhood safe mm-hmm. while leaning on people to pay them for policing the yeah. neighborhood. Mm-hmm. That's not what policing is about. Yeah. So you, know, I, you have to have an open mind when you look at these stories. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you're selling drugs and you realize, oh, I could get the women, I could get the champagne, exactly. I could get the cars, but you forget about the dark side, you, you forget about the federal indictments. You forget about the kidnap game where you might be in the back of somebody's trunk, mm-hmm. or waking up in the middle of the night and your door gets kicked in, and you have the Alphabet Boys with the, their guns out and saying, "You know, you may never, you may never uh, see your family again." So there's definitely a balance of what what hap- what's going on. I mean, this is not a. Uh, these stories are not you ride off into the sunset and the bad guys win stories, you know? Yeah, no. If, no. if you're looking for that, then you're looking in the wrong type of genre, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. We all love Scarface until uh, Sosa sent a guy and he kicked down the door and he, and he blew Scarface guts out. So we saw mm-hmm. the mansion and the water and the pool and the cocaine and all the girls, but no one wants to see the other part. It's mm-hmm. like you tell stories, right? You go to the zoo and you look at the lion Oh, the lions look so beautiful, but you don't want to be in a cage with the lion. You want to mm-hmm. be outside the cage and you want to observe the lion or you want to observe the shark in the aquarium, mm-hmm. but nobody wants to be in the water with the shark. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these stories, you have to make sure that it has some type of edutainment to it. And uh, the stories that I like to tell, or I call educational or edutainment where it's entertaining and educational at the same time where you're going to learn from something. Because the Godfather of Harlem, the story is really the collision of civil rights and the underworld. Mm-hmm. Bumpy does play a major figure, but it's also about his relationship with great men such as Malcolm X and mm-hmm. Adam Clayton Powell, and also how uh, Bumpy dealt with his peers such as Vinnie the Chin and Joseph Bonanno and Frank mm-hmm. Costello mm-hmm. and these other characters.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, if, if when you look at Frank Costello, Frank Costello... Uh, which is where the Sopranos got the whole therapy part from. Cause Frank Costello used to go to therapy and his therapist used to tell him all the time, like, yo, try to mingle with business people more than you mingle with those with your kind. You know what I mean? So that way you can kind of get away from all of that because you are, you're not a mobster. You have a business minded type of frame. So you need to get out of that whole, you know what I mean? And unfortunately that didn't happen for him because once he went in it they brought him back in once he tried to get out they brought him back in you know vincent the chin you know shot him at one point and then costello didn't didn't snitch on him you know what i mean so
1: yeah if people people don't realize that frank costello was what they call the the diplomat mm-hmm. he was the one that sat down and broke the peace treaties. But mm-hmm. always be, always brokering peace treaties or being a diplomat, some people can look at as being look at that as being weak. Yeah. Frank came from the original, original guys. He came from the Bugsy Siegel era. Mm-hmm. He came from the Lucky Luciano era. Mm-hmm. You know, those are guys he came up with. You know, Maya Lansky, Frank Costello, Lucky Luciano. These guys all came up together. He was the, an original an italian immigrant that started mm-hmm. one of the five families
2: mm-hmm. and
1: due to jealousy from you know it could go from Vito genovese you know being incarcerated and uh veto had vinnie the chin uh try to shoot him yep. you mm-hmm. know grace of god the bullet missed frank mm-hmm. grazed his grazed his scalp went through his hat and you know that's where frank costello was at you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying you always got to remember, man, this is a brutal game, especially when you're dealing with any type of exactly. mob lore. Not even if it's just Italians and African-Americans, if it's Latino. You you still have to always remember. You always have to look over your back because mm-hmm. you don't know. There's no honor amongst thieves.
2: Mm-hmm. You know what
1: I'm saying? Yep. You don't know mm-hmm. what that person may be thinking or that person may be thinking because mm-hmm. you don't know, oh, do I sit in the front of the car right now because I could get a bullet in my head? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah, these, those are those. You always have to hustle and stay a, stay ahead of uh one to two or three steps ahead of uh of individuals. Mm-hmm. And it's the same like that. You know, it's the same like that in Hollywood, man. When you mm-hmm. um selling TV shows is not an easy thing. When I when I got my show sold, um I sat in a room in ABC Disney with my executive producer and creator Chris Brancato who created the TV series Narcos. And he said, you know, to get a TV show sold, for you to be an executive producer and star in it, you might as well get struck by lightning twice.
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: Well, you know, by the grace of God, I didn't get struck by lightning twice, and we're here with a good TV series. But in reality, I hear that from people every day. You know, everybody has a story that they want to tell. And I tell people, it's not the story. You got to look at it like this. When you're going into a network or a studio, you're basically asking them for a loan. Mm-hmm. Why is my story worth $100 million? Thanks, Why man. is my story worth a dollar? Mm-hmm. The first thing they want to know is what's the ROI? What's their return on investment?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, I mean, I don't like to uh, poke holes in people's bubbles or people's dreams or anything like that, but you have to have a thick skin in this game.
0: Mm-hmm. It goes for it goes for any type of type of game whether when it Absolutely. involves when, when regardless, it involves...
1: If it, if, regardless if you if you're in the NFL combine mm-hmm. to um to uh at, 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 at five star camps playing basketball where it's 500 kids there and you got to outshine and be the top one out that 500 mm-hmm. you know that's part of life you have to put your best foot forward but you have to understand and be able to accept you know, okay, that th- this, this didn't work, but I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep getting up. I'm going to keep getting up. I'm going to keep getting up until it eventually happens.
0: You mentioned something about, like, the whole, like, mm-hmm. having a thick skin and always staying two, te- two steps ahead. I feel like that's what uh, Gambino did, you know, because Gambino passed away in his chair watching baseball. You know what I mean? I feel like he was always 10 steps ahead, and he always had that <laughs> saying of, uh, think like a fox and act like a lion. I, I can't remember whether that's the saying, but that's the kind of mentality that he. And he was very. He was very very quiet. You know what I mean? Until John Gotti came into play.
1: I mean, people like you see what happened to John Gotti. John Gotti became flashy, and he attracted attention. Mm-hmm. And he called himself the Teflon Don, and you know what? The uh, the United States government said this. I'm going to show you that you're not the Teflon Don. I'm going to show you who's really the Teflon Don.
2: Exactly. And
1: put him in uh, ADX. I believe it was Marion ADX or something mm-hmm. of that sort. And he was under the jail for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. You know? You have to you have to know this, man. If you were in a game or the game that you're playing, you better be the best at it, man. Because you would have a run like El Chapo and then look where you're at right now. Mm-hmm. Was it all worse? Yeah. You know, Carl Gambina was one of the few, yeah. you know, that made that, that made it, but it's not really, those stories aren't really out there like that, you know, mm-hmm. you know, without doing all the jail time, 30 years of your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just talking to uh Ralph Natale. He's from Philly mm-hmm. and he was uh one of the Philly. Uh, he got, uh he got inducted to the mob by three families and he's still alive, but he's 85 years old, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, um, he did thirty years of his life, man. Mm-hmm. You have to—is it worth it? You feel what I'm saying? Is—is mm-hmm. is twenty-five of your life, twenty-five years of your life worth it? Is five years of your life worth it? You know, an old timer told me this. He said, well, "If you start getting into the game like that, take twenty years off your life and put it to the side, and just know that twenty years can be put—you uh, can be sentenced and uh, being sitting on his sitting sitting on the inside.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Originally, from from the from the gate, just take twenty years off." You feel what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? So, if you're 20 and you're in the game, just know you may not come home till you're 40. You feel what I'm saying? So, if you're willing willing to do that, then, you know, that's what your life is about. But, yeah, I mean, not too many people ended up uh, dying old age like Carlo Gambino. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I I mean, mean... Lucky Luciano, Luciano, Mm -hmm. he did, but got deported. Like, you know, Maya Lansky did, you know what I'm saying? But, you know... You know, he was always under, Meyer Lansky was Mm -hmm. under the watch from the federal government. So was Mm -hmm. Carlo Gambino. So was Lucky Luciano. Well,
0: Meyer Lansky would be understandable because Meyer Lansky was the accountant. He was the money guy. He was the numbers dude. He was, I mean, Las Vegas was built off of their money, which Bugsy forgot to pay, which Bugsy didn't even pay back and it cost him his life. You know what I mean? So stuff like that. But I'm also another character that I'm really, I'm still uh, appalled by is Frank Matthews. I wonder what happened to him. He just completely vanished. You know what's so
1: funny? My friend actually has the uh, the rights, along with Ron Chesterput, who's a well-known crime author, to do the dude Frank Matthews um, story.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, as they call him Pee Wee, mm-hmm. and he you know he was from the South. Um, that's a story that I really liked. I was just talking to him about uh, how you know it's so funny. You know, they told me. That Frank, when he got picked up in Las Vegas and brought to Manhattan and he had a bar, you know, he was, he went into the bathroom and he was uh, using the bathroom and the DA came and, or the head prosecutor came and stood next to him. And he said, hey, Frank said, hey, you really trying to put me away for life. He said, I'm just doing my job, Frank.
2: Mm-hmm. And Frank
1: walked back out in the hallway, looked into the door and his girlfriend was sitting there and he went, ps-ps-ps. she looked at him. And he gave her a nod of his head, and she came out, and they disappeared to never be seen again. Mm-hmm. You know, these stories are really good mm-hmm. until the bad guy gets caught, yeah. like 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 Whitey Bulger. You feel mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So we ro we we romanticize, Oh, he got away. He ran off to the sunset. He's the best that ever ever did that. But if you want to live your life like that, constantly looking over your shoulders, you know, money runs out. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, money exactly. lasts forever. You know, if that's the way that you want to do your life like that or live your life like that, then hey, I get it. But mm. um, you know, uh, these uh stories are real stories, and they're not the Hollywood ones where they get away and you know you go build a uh a rent a car agency like Carlito wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's
0: it's it's, it, it, it's intriguing to to see because you know it started off just. a a dream just to like most of these kids were immigrants you know what i mean they come from how do i make this they were lied to like all the streets of america were paved with gold they come in here and it's like they have to start and then they watch their parents you know what i mean try get extorted by the by the new flashy people and then they get into the life of crime and it's it's just circumstances man that that all these people have to go through and it's it's hearing how america was built and it was mostly because of the mafia money because you know you got to think jimmy hoffa Got to think of all all these different characters that that played a played a major role, which a lot of people today don't even want to look into it. They'd rather be ignorance is bliss. You know what I mean? Rather, which is the due diligence is not done very well. But um, go on. Go to go back a little bit. To go back to hip hop, what was? Can you give us a a memorable moment with you and Pac that you had? That you, that you till this day do you remember? this like a fun moment or.
1: But I remember it wasn't, it wasn't, I could tell you one, I could tell you two moments that I do remember in my head.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. One was the fun moment. I'll tell you, we used to, what we used to do. And this is crazy as kids. We we used to stay in hotels and we used to get the, uh, the garbage uh, cans out the bathroom of the hotels and fill it up with water.
2: Hmm.
1: So we would knock on the, you know, whoever was in our, our, um, and our crew, or whatever, we were knock on the door and say room service and just dunk them a water and just run, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so we, that was one of a fun moment I remember we used to do all the time. Um, another moment was, I remember we were on stage, and um, I started becoming a hype man for my brother. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being on stage, you know, you see the lights and everything and you see what your brother's doing, and it's frustrating. It's like, damn, I want to do that too. I want to be part mm-hmm. of that. And the same thing, you know, Pac felt with, you know, doing the Humpty dance every night, you know, and he, you know, he had so much un, uh, unedged talent that mm-hmm. he wanted to just build enough that he wanted to deliver. And I remember us just sitting on the um, steps of the tour bus drinking like a bottle of Cisco or something like that, some real crazy stuff we was just drinking. Mm-hmm. And you know, him just crying and just saying, Man, I just wanna I just wanna live, man. I wanna be able to, to hear my voice on the on a radio. I wanna mm-hmm. see myself on T V, you know. You know, and I felt the same way. So this is one of the moments that we we touched on that I remember, you know. So after you know, it it was really great to see my brother doing what he was doing because mm-hmm. he had a great heart. You know, he just got aligned with some some people man that you know they always say this turn your circle into squares because Mm -hmm. everybody that's your friend is not your friend Mm
2: -hmm. Mm uh
0: now favorite like obviously we are we always get attached to certain characters when we watch movies and stuff like that uh what what character do you see yourself like as far as like your favorite movies and your favorite characters which character out of your favorite movies do you relate to the most
1: man to be honest with you there's two characters i really really like um one was i don't know if you watched once upon a time in america which is one it. of my favorite movies love i it. love i love the character of noodles mm. you know, i love noodles i love the way he was depicted and um how he was loyal to a default you know yeah. that was that was one of my favorite characters. Was uh, was that um? Another one of my favorite characters was I really like Carlito because mm-hmm. Carlito to me, Carlito Brigante from Carlito's Way had mm-hmm. so many different uh, layers to his character. You know, mm-hmm. um, another character I liked was when uh, Robert De Niro portrayed his character in Heat, how he wanted uh-huh. to really change life but he wanted to get away from everything he just couldn't let it go you know so i like characters with different layers to it if you ask me when i was younger you know i was a james bond fanatic i really loved james bond i love how he was able to be you know suave and classy mm-hmm. get the girls and be able to get away with it you know so those are some of the characters i like i like characters with different layers to it
0: Mhm. That's dope. That's that's funny. You mentioned Once Upon a Time in America. That movie is n- rarely mentioned, and it's a classic. It's a very long movie, but it's a very, very, very classic. Very, very classic. It takes me back to my country as a kid, when you know us neighborhood kids going from neighborhood to neighborhood, connecting with other neighborhood. Which is why I kind of, when I went to move to New York, I kind of felt comfortable with it because when I lived in Harlem, it, it kind of had that same feeling of everybody knows everybody and everybody's accustomed to it. So that's what Once Upon a Time in America did to me. Like it brought me back to my country. And you mentioned uh, obviously your brother was signed to Uptown, Uptown and uh, do you have any recollections with Diddy at all? Working with Diddy back yeah,
1: then? Yeah, absolutely. Diddy's the one that told, told my brother to put me on stage as a hype man. Mm. I think we were in Arizona. I, I, I believe we were in Arizona, somewhere in the Midwest. And um he came on came on a tour bus and he said, Yo, you gotta get your crowd more hype, man. We gotta get it into it. And they you know, my nickname is Silk. That's mm-hmm. what they know as. And he was like, you know what, I want Silk to hype the crowd up. And, you know, I just started getting into it. So Diddy gave me that opportunity. You know, I remember um, you know, R.I.P. Prince Marky D, who just passed mm-hmm. away, you know, just riding in a uh Prince Marky D's three hundred ZX with with Diddy going to Howard Homecoming because it's a two seater.
2: Mm-hmm. You know
1: I have, you know I have, I have definitely have memorable moments, man. You know, the thing about this, me and my brother always talk about is it, like, I don't really think about the past. Let's think about the future. And when we're comfortable with our future, then we can reminisce about the past. Because mm-hmm. if you're reminiscing about the past right now, and you're not doing anything with your future, it becomes a nightmare. Because you you're wishing and You're drawing dreams that you wish you can just go back into. Mm -hmm. So it's always great to be doing something with your future and being able to accomplish goals as of now because it's not what you did yesterday. It's what you did today.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: You also have a little bit of acting experience and stuff like that. And obviously, you're in the Godfather of Harlem. You make appearances and stuff. Well, what is a character that, or what is a, a type of like, for me, for example, as an actor uh my comfort my uncomfortable zone is comedy. I'm always typecasted as like the thug, the gangster, the albanian dude, the da, 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 da What about you what is your un- what character would you play that you feel you feel uncomfortable but like you know what let me try this
1: um you know what i can't i I, I have to be comfortable in every character mm-hmm. because I have to play a character that I would be willing to understand in real life. You know, from the methods of the of, of Meisner of the method that I've I've taken and studied, mm-hmm. you know, because it is about becoming that character and being mm-hmm. that person. If you're not, if you can't be that person, then that's not the role for you. You mm-hmm. know, it's mm-hmm. not about forcing and saying, "Oh man, I can't play this because I, I just can't do it." So with certain things, like you know, I would have to. I never really. That's a that's a that's a great question because I never really thought about it like mm-hmm. that. I've never, you know, maybe, you know, I would like to get more physically fit, you know, for a character. Like, I like the way these guys reconstructed their bodies in 300 Mm -hmm. in six months. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. that would be a challenge to me to see if I could possibly do that, Mm -hmm. you know, and and get to that uh, physical stature like Mm -hmm. that.
0: You mentioned Meisner, and that is my favorite technique of all time. I love that technique. Like, that's the technique that really brings out the true feelings of a person, yep. like, the true feelings into lines. Because I went to New York Film Academy, and I've mentioned here before, and that Meisner was an hour and a half classroom to two hour classroom, and it was a complete wreck. Like, people left out of there emotionally wrecked. Because some of them had to go back in their past and had to bring notes those- uh,
1: yeah man that shit is a I just did a scene in Godfather I carried a eight, I carried a a B story hmm and this is like one of the biggest scenes that I've carried in the season, and using Meisner I was um I was so emotionally drained,
2: yeah
1: that whole next day it felt like I worked out because you're actually going in you you're actually bringing memories. Mm-hmm. That you may not want to mm-hmm. relive, you know. So mm-hmm. Meisner is definitely something that you have to be really mentally prepared for that because mm-hmm. it's really it can get really dark. It's almost like um when Heath Ledger did Joke the Joker,
2: hmm
1: You know, I compare the character Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. Okay. Heath Ledger's Joker. Joaquin Phoenix was more of the origin of the Joker, of what poke the 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 bull in the china stop mm-hmm. in the china shop to knock down the china editions when he was just a regular bull like he wasn't bothering anybody so what poked him what was the origin so that method you know he was a regular person you know he had some mental issues but he was just trying to be accepted you know right. and what was it that what was that that just turned him over being bullied now what heath ledger when he turned into his joker he was already down that dark, mm-hmm. dark, deep path. It was mm-hmm. no coming back from that. You feel what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So you had to get in and get involved in that character so it could be so dark mm-hmm. and gloomy and gray. So it wasn't about, you know, the Joaquin Phoenix or, you know, it was two total, total different uh, methods of bringing out that mm-hmm. character.
0: Mm-hmm. Of, of Like what the character is looking for, how is he going to get it? Yep. how is he going to get it? and stuff like that i mean
1: and sometimes you might not even get that where you have to Mm -hmm. build a character yourself Mm -hmm. because sometimes there's a character that's not you know historical and there's nothing for you to get on so you have to go deep in your mind of what do you think the character would be Mm -hmm. so you'll get an empty empty piece of paper and write every his weaknesses his strengths his vices, whatever it is all the way down Mm -hmm. so you know you can properly engulf that character
0: now if your life had a soundtrack
2: what, what what are the songs that you would pick?
1: One would be Frank Frank Sinatra I did it my way. Mhm. Number 2 would be What's going on Marvin Gaye. Mhm. Number 3 Across 110th Street by Bobby Womack and fourth would be Sailing by Christopher Cross.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, I was looking at one of your I was looking at one of your interviews with Sway and then you he had mentioned uh Daryl Reed and his story. Are you still working on that with Daryl Reed at all or
1: Absolutely, man, as as long as I could uh, you know, Daryl Reed has a very interesting story of doing twenty-eight years in jail and being a child kingpin out of Oakland and mm-hmm. um, you know, Obama giving him clemency, you know, and I, I'm very passionate about his story. But it's about getting Hollywood passionate about it as well or finding a way that we can get it done mm-hmm. without Hollywood. And that's where I'm at with it right now. But um, shout out to Daryl. I was just in mm-hmm. L.A. with him. Oh, man, I think it was last year. You know, I had a, a dinner with him and uh, Waterhead Bo, Brian. And um, great guy, man. Daryl is all about prison reform, redemption. He took ownership of how he destroyed the community, and he wants to build it back. Mm-hmm. You cannot ask anything more from a person like that. Real solid man, mm-hmm. real solid individual.
0: Yeah, yeah. He has a very, very interesting story. I still, I still don't know much about him, but I've definitely heard stories about him watching these documentaries and stuff. But he definitely pops in documentaries left and right. His name pops everywhere. So I'm, I can't wait to see what what you bring to the table with this situation. It's gonna be dope. Thank you. Okay, it's going to be dope. Do you have like a specific date or you just like working the details right now? You don't have like a specific.
1: Well, I have a bunch of shows in development right now. And he's one of the shows that are in development as part of my slate mm-hmm. of where, you know, being the fact that, you know, uh, diverse content is needed nowadays. Mm-hmm. You know, my agent is right now trying to find me a home where I can be very secure and be able to create put out stories and mm-hmm. great narratives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So his story is one of the few that I definitely want to be be able to tell, and it's on the top of the list.
0: Mm-hmm. What are some hobbies you have outside of the the entertainment industry you like to do besides?
1: I mean, I like to uh, play basketball. I like to travel. I love love going to theaters, and I love fashion. Mm-hmm. And um, I like to create, man. Mm -hmm. Anything creative, I like to create. It's a great thing just to create. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, before we end, actually, what can people expect from the Godfather of Harlem season two? That's coming out next month. What is something?
1: Season season two, Godfather of Harlem, April 18th, nine o'clock on Epics. You can expect a season full of twists and turns dealing with the French connection, Uh, the tense, Rivalry that Malcolm is having with the Nation of Islam and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, the Mafia versus Bumpy Johnson, you could literally taste hell up in Harlem. And that's coming April 18th.
0: And uh, towards the end of the podcast, I have these 10 questionnaires that I got from James Lipton, who hosted the Inside the Actor Studios. Yep. Uh, and the first question is, what is your favorite word?
1: My favorite word?
0: Hmm.
1: Uh, possible.
0: What is your least favorite word?
1: Impossible.
0: What turns you on? Life. What turns you off?
1: What turns me off is uh, naysayers.
0: What sound or noise do you love?
1: I love the sound of water.
0: What sound or noise do you hate?
1: I hate the sound of screeching on a chalkboard. Mm
0: -hmm. What is your favorite curse word?
1: Fuck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what profession, other than your own, would you like to attempt?
1: Oh man, I would love to be a a, a, a fighter jet, a, a pilot.
0: <laughs> what profession would you not like to do?
1: Garbage man.
0: If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Welcome. Mm-hmm. any last words you like to give to the people any shout outs and where can they follow you on the social
1: uh yeah you can follow me on marquan on instagram that's m-a-r-k-u-a-n-n my website is marquan.com m-a-r-k-u-a-n-n.com the real marquan is my twitter that's d-a-r-e-a-l-m-a-r-k-u-a-n-n And I like to tell people out there that, you know, I'm a walking testimony. When you wake up in the morning, you can dream it. You can achieve it. I know it sounds cliche, but it's the truth. You know, a lot of people out there say that they want success. But, you know, there's not a lot of people out there that are willing to eat tuna fish sandwiches and have ramen noodles or have to take a buddy pass knowing that they have a... uh, Eight o'clock meeting at Netflix mm-hmm. on Monday and they got to leave out on Sunday and had to figure it out. That's what success is about. Mm-hmm. It's about laying on somebody's floor when you can't afford a hotel. So I always try to, you know, uh, inform people, man, you could chase your pension or you chase your passion. That's up to you. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no bunk beds in the graveyard. And uh, once again, I'm a walking testimony uh, to let you know about it. I didn't have a plan B. I had a plan A. And I hope you enjoy uh, Godfather Harlem this season because it's definitely something worth watching.
0: Mm -hmm. All right, guys. This is another episode of Intuitive Minds Podcast. Peace.